What's going on, everybody? Brendan Schaefer here with you for another episode of B Shafe Daily. Excited to be back talking about some Cardinals baseball on a Wednesday as the Cardinals have finally, at long last, after about a week quarantined in their team hotel in Milwaukee, the Cardinals have returned to St. Louis. They got back home and then they had a workout today on the field at Bush Stadium. And we, the reporters, the media, got a chance to catch up with Mike Schilt, learn some more details about what the Cardinals are going to look like going forward as they hope to get back onto the field on Friday against the Cubs in an official game capacity. Seems to be no reason that that would not happen as the Cardinals did clear as far as getting two consecutive batches of negative COVID-19 tests. That's what allowed them to be cleared to travel from Milwaukee, that was the hard part. It would be really unfortunate. It would surprise me at this point if suddenly you you end up tacking on another surprise positive test and then have to go through this scenario again. I think with now the, the consecutive days of negatives, they'll still be testing on a daily basis, of course, trying to make sure nothing new crops up. But I think for now, the Cardinals should be in the clear to be able to play against the Cubs over the weekend, knock on wood. But let's get into some of the details today that we received from Mike Schilt with regard to what the Cardinals are going to look like as they take the field on Friday. Earlier in the day came the news of how the Cardinals were handling some of the roster moves associated with the COVID-19 situation. We knew that on Tuesday the Cardinals placed six players on the injured list. Five of them had been confirmed for COVID-19 and a sixth player that was not listed as a positive for COVID-19 but had been placed on the injured list was Carlos Martinez. We found that out yesterday on Tuesday. And then today on Wednesday, when the Cardinals brought up four different players, which we'll get into here in a moment, they also announced that Rangel Ravello has been placed on the injured list. That was expected. Uh, the reason they didn't place him on the injured list with the rest of the group on Tuesday was related to roster minimums and having a certain number of players on the active roster, even though the Cardinals weren't going to be playing any games you know, between Tuesday and Wednesday, just to, to stick with the league rules. I guess they weren't ready to make the announcements yet on which players they were calling up on Tuesday, so they waited to Wednesday to do that when they had their workout at Bush. And so now we know all the information, can share it with you here as far as what the Cardinals are going to be looking to do. So that's seven players in total they've added to the injured list. They called up a total or activated slash called up a total of five. One of them was Brad Miller on Tuesday. He's back from the injured list. We'll have the opportunity to make his Cardinals debut. Um, potentially you could see him at shortstop. You could see him at third base. If for whatever reason Wong can't play a game or, or something at second base, you might see him there. But ideally Wong will be in every day. Uh, so potentially, I guess you could see Miller in an outfield role, filling in at first base. He can kind of fill in anywhere necessary. Not going to be a great defender anywhere you put him, but capable certainly. And I think you could also potentially see him in a designated hitter role. We'll get into a little bit of lineup stuff as we go along here. Ask Mike Schultz some questions that the answer surprised me a little bit. Um, and I'll get into what I'm talking about with that here in a minute. But let's talk about first the guys that have been added to the Cardinals active roster. You got Brad Miller. That happened Tuesday. Then Wednesday, four guys were added. Alex Reyes and Genesis Cabrera. Definitely not a surprise to see both those guys up. Moselock kind of hinted at it on Tuesday night, so figured that would be the case. Both of those pitchers had already tested positive for COVID-19 earlier in July. That was upon intake 
for summer camp. And so they got a little bit of a late start. Neither of those guys were ready when the season began. And so now they've had a little bit more time down in Springfield working in the Cardinals satellite camp. And they should both be ready to go to help the Cardinals out of the bullpen. And they're replacing essentially Junior Fernandez and Cody Whitley, who both had their positive tests within the last week. And so they go on the injured list. Probably not a whole lot of a drop-off there. Ideally, it's been a, a battle for Alex Reyes to be able to contribute, to be able to stay healthy over the past several seasons. But when right, we know he's got the capability and the talent. I know a lot of Cardinals fans are probably tired of hearing about that, but they're going to have another opportunity to see Reyes put that potential into action, hopefully, here as he joins the Cardinals' bullpen. Henesis Cabrera, another lefty that will get an opportunity for St. Louis. Definitely a guy they view that could be a starting pitcher down the road. Um, but they're not going to put him in that role just yet. We'll get to how the rotation shakeup is impacted with Carlos Martinez going on the injured list uh, here in just a minute. But for Henesis right now, it'll be a it'll be a bullpen role, and potentially you could see him getting into some high leverage situations as it goes along. I think for for Mike Schultz, that's a situation where younger guys, especially if you prove yourself a couple of times, you'll start to be given more difficult, more. Uh, high leverage, high pressure assignments. And as you handle those, it kind of opens the door for the kind of assignments that he could then give you going forward. And so I think that'll be the case with Cabrera, but certainly excited to see what he can do when he gets into the Cardinals bullpen. From a position player standpoint, the Cardinals are not adding a catcher to replace Yadier Molina. They've got Matt Wieters, they've got Andrew Kisner, and they're going to roll with those two. What they did do, though, is add Jose Godoy, another catcher in the organization, to the taxi squad. And so when the team goes on the road, he'll travel with the Cardinals and be able to be added, you know, activated at, at, a, at a moment's notice if something were to happen to one of the other two catchers. So that's the way they're going to handle that. They're going to approach it with Weeders and Kisner. Not sure who's going to start on a daily basis, but I think either way the Cardinals will be in fine hands as far as the catcher position goes. Obviously, you're losing a lot in Yadier Molina, but you've got two guys, certainly Weeders, a guy with a lot of experience, and then Kisner, a guy they hope can be the future of that position in St. Louis. And so um, you're going to have to feel comfortable with that eventually. And so uh, definitely excited to see kind of how those guys handle this opportunity particularly Kisner. I don't know how much opportunity he'll actually get in the lineup, but um, will be interesting to see how he handles it if and when that time should come for him. And then from a shortstop perspective, you lose Paul DeYoung, you lose Edmundo Sosa, kind of the backup shortstop on the roster. You lose both those guys to COVID-19 for the foreseeable future. Not sure how long it's going to be, but at least a couple of weeks perhaps. And so you've got to replace those guys on the roster. Max Schrock, his contract gets purchased and so the Cardinals will have Schrock. He can play some shortstop. He can play some second base. Maybe not as much on the third base side, but essentially he'll be there as probably a backup shortstop. Not sure you'll see him getting any starts necessarily, but kind of in the Edmundo Sosa role, which you didn't really have to see utilized much over the first five games of the season. And the Cardinals also, remember, have Brad Miller back now, and so you could probably see him getting more opportunity than Schrock may. Uh, will it be as a starting shortstop remains to be seen, but I think you'll see Miller certainly get into some games here over the coming week or so once the Cardinals get started again. Ideally, that's going to be on Friday. And then the Cardinals also made one more addition to the roster. Essentially, it's going to be replacing the Carlos Martinez spot on the roster is the way I like to view it because they lost three pitchers. They bring in three pitchers. I mentioned Fernandez and Whitley kind of being exchanged with Reyes in Henesis Cabrera, and then you have Roel Ramirez, whose contract was purchased by the Cardinals. Right-handed pitcher, 
Served primarily as a reliever last season, but did get a few starts in the minor leagues. Had an ERA near five, so not not blowing you away as far as his performance uh, down in Memphis. I believe that was AAA. Um, was a non-roster invitee to spring training earlier this season. Uh, not not part of the 40-man, and so he had been added to that in order to get him on the active roster. He'll probably serve in kind of a long relief role, um, blowout games, mop-up duty, that sort of thing. You might see Roel Ramirez, uh, but we'll see what happens as far as his role is concerned. But I would think him and Woodford are kind of in that long relief category for the Cardinals. But then the bigger news is who's replacing Carlos Martinez in the rotation. That's going to be Kwon Young Kim. Mike Schultz said Wednesday they're going to move him from the closer position into the starting rotation, which is where we thought he could be when the Cardinals signed him in the offseason. It's where I thought he could end up when I watched him down in Jupiter. It's where I thought he probably should end up when I watched him in St. Louis in summer camp. In any games that I saw of him, I know he didn't allow a run in Jupiter. And as far as the simulated games go in St. Louis, I might have missed one where he pitched. But he didn't allow any runs that I saw. Had five innings of scoreless work at one point during summer camp. And I thought, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they got to find a way to get this guy in the rotation. Obviously, weren't able to do that initially because Carlos Martinez had also performed so well. And everybody else was kind of a mainstay from a year ago once he had Michaelis get back to health, or so they thought. They're going to put him in the rotation. Well, Michaelis didn't end up taking his first start. Ponce de Leon ends up coming in for Michaelis. They didn't decide to move Kim at that point because they'd already committed to him in the closer role. I wasn't so sure about that, but I was glad to see Ponce get a chance. I've been hammering the uh, the Ponce button for as long as I, I possibly could on this podcast. And Austin Gomber's another guy who I've been high on. But when it came to this situation and needing a replacement for Martinez in the rotation, that was enough to get the Cardinals to flip on their decision to put Kim as the closer as he previously had been. Only got into one game, though, because there was really only one save situation for the Cardinals across the first five. And so, as we've talked about on the podcast over the last couple of weeks, we think this makes a lot more sense as much as Mike Schild always said, oh, he's done it before, yeah, he really hadn't, and so he's not going to have to now, at least uh, in the immediate future, he'll be back into the rotation. And I think from there, it'll just be an opportunity to earn that job. Certainly, if Kim has a good start or two while Martinez is out, and another guy like, you know, say Dakota Hudson were to struggle, that would potentially be something that wouldn't surprise me to see those guys flip. You could bring Martinez back, go Hudson to the bullpen. They could bring Martinez back to the bullpen when he returns. Not the route that I would go. I still would rather see what Carlos Martinez could do as a starter. I know he had one outing that wasn't very good. Turns out he probably, you know, might have been dealing with something at that point in time. The Cardinals have not officially confirmed him for COVID-19, uh, but he is on the injured list now. So whatever it is that he was dealing with, he was dealing with it Tuesday. Um, no injury designation that I've seen, though, related to his trip to the injured list. So I would be more than willing to give Martinez another opportunity in the rotation uh, whenever he is able to return. Definitely a tough break, I would say, for Austin Gomber because we've talked about him being deserving of chances as well. But I think right now he's one of your more valuable lefties out of the bullpen. I know you've got Miller and Webb, two guys that have looked pretty solid. But I, I think if you get into a situation where you've got a spot in the lineup that, that you want to have a guy face some lefties maybe for a couple of innings in a row if a team has maybe four of six lefties. I feel comfortable saying if it's a tie game, if the Cardinals are up by one and you need somebody to eat the seventh and eighth, Austin Gomber. I would I would definitely be looking for him to 
kind of integrate into that mix of, hey, we're trying to win this game. Let's go to Gomber. Less so, oh, it's a mop-up situation that we need innings filled. Let's go to Gomber. I would rather Gomber get some meaningful opportunities. I think you've got Woodford and now Roel Ramirez for some of those less meaningful opportunities. It's no offense to those guys, but they just are not quite as proven as what Austin Gomber, I think, has been at this point in his career. So surely a disappointment probably that he's not able to get himself into the rotation, but I think it's through no fault of his own. They just have had so many guys pitch really well that have been competing for starting jobs, and now you're seeing how valuable that can be because – yeah, a, a few weeks ago, months ago, you had maybe eight or nine guys that you felt like were quality big league starters. Now you don't have eight or nine because Michaelis is out and Carlos is on the injured list as well. And so you've got to kind of pivot, you know, within the context of a season. And I think it benefits the Cardinals to have all these arms because now they can they can still feel like they're competitive. I've seen some people say with all this, there's no way they're going to be over, able to overcome. They're not going to be a competitive team. They're not going to make the playoffs. For me sitting here today, as long as the Cardinals are able to get in all their games and there's no weirdness where they, you know, they miss the playoffs by a game or two because they didn't get a chance to play as many games as somebody else or something like that, I would say I feel still pretty decent about the Cardinals' ability to make the postseason simply because there are 16 teams that are going to do so. And I know it's difficult to have to go through what the Cardinals are going through right now, but I... I still think the opportunity is there to to get it done and to be able to be one of those eight teams from the National League that gets into the postseason. Uh, did want to mention, you might say, why did the Cardinals only add five players if they lost seven to the injured list? As of Thursday, I believe it is, Major League Baseball is going down to 28-man rosters instead of the 30-man rosters that they had been sitting at previously, and so that kind of explains that change. The Cardinals aren't going to be playing any games prior to Thursday, which is tomorrow at this point, and so uh, there's no reason to add two extra guys that would then just have to be demoted back out uh, once the roster change is made. So they'll approach the Chicago Cubs on Friday with 28. One of the 28 will not be Dylan Carlson. He was still not called up despite the Cardinals having to to make so many moves because of COVID-19. Here's the pretty simple explanation for why that is. And I'm not saying I agree with it, but I think it it makes sense when you look at, okay, what has been the Cardinals' mantra coming into this season when they didn't promote Dylan Carlson? And how has that changed from then to now? It really hasn't. The mantra was, let's get playing opportunity for Tyler O'Neill. They've done that. He's been the everyday left fielder. Let's get opportunity for Lane Thomas. They really haven't done that a whole lot, and a lot of people would say Harrison Bader's 091 batting average is a perfect example of where you could put Lane Thomas, not to mention the fact that there is a designated hitter right now. You could give Dexter Fowler a blow every so often, and you could be able to put together a lineup that would feature both of those young players, those young outfielders that the Cardinals have been invested in as well, just like Dylan Carlson, but are a little bit further along in their service time tracked where the Cardinals have got to make some decisions more quickly about which of those guys, if either, if both, are going to be long-term fixtures within the organization, or could some of those guys be trade pieces down the road if they're not able to perform uh, the way St. Louis is looking for. And so I asked Mike Schilt about Lane Thomas in particular, like now that you've got all this opportunity, I know the outfield hasn't changed, 
but you do have some more openings potentially now at DH because here's the way I would like to see this cycle. And if Schultz not thinking this way, then he probably didn't think the question made any sense, which could maybe come into why he answered it the way he did. But I think the way he answered it was fine, even if it did surprise me a little bit. So here's what we're looking at, though. With Paul DeYoung leaving the lineup and leaving the shortstop position vacant, you could have Tommy Edmond, who had been playing third, shift over to shortstop. You could see Brad Miller some there as well. I would like it to be primarily Tommy Edmond. You'll probably at that point put Matt Carpenter at third base more often. I think Carpenter, from what Schilt is saying, still going to DH some, but I would have Carpenter play more third base than he has been. Now, you also don't have Rangel Ravello in a role for potentially getting some DH opportunities because he's on the injured list as well with COVID-19. And I think he took one start at DH so far this season. But that just means it's another guy that you're not going to have to be itching to, to find opportunity for. That would mean more chances for Lane Thomas, I would think. Like, especially if the organization is continuing to make the decision not to call up Dylan Carlson from Springfield because there's nothing he can actually do in Springfield competitively right now other than get games in, fake games against whatever teammates he has there. It's it's work. Is it quality work of the caliber of what you're doing at the major league level? Certainly not, but it's better than nothing. But it's not even what he could normally do in a minor league season where you could say, yeah, we just need to get the guy at bats. we got to make sure he's getting at bats. Well, right now he's not really getting legitimate real at bats in Springfield anyway. So that's the argument of a lot of people to say, bring him up. Let's see what he can do. But when I look at it from the perspective of if the Cardinals have said O'Neill and Thomas need opportunities, then I can understand why the team maybe is is hesitant to bring up Carlson just yet because COVID-19 did not change their outfield at all. They still have those guys. They still have Bader. They still have Fowler. And so that's four guys for three spots. One of them can DH, but if you've got other guys as well that are trying to DH, then you know, you might not get them all in every day, but you're going to be darn close to being able to get Lane Thomas everyday opportunity. So I asked Mike Schild about that and what that looks like for those two guys, O'Neill and Thomas in particular. I did that with the, the, the idea in mind being that, you know, I didn't say his name, but because Carlson's not here, isn't this kind of a proving ground for O'Neill and Thomas? And you'll hear that question and what Mike Schild had to say. And then kind of a fun response from Mike Schild after the fact, talking about two Cardinals legends, two Cardinals Hall of Famers at the end of this clip, right here from Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. Mike, you guys have spoken a lot about, in particular, Tyler O'Neill and Lane Thomas over the past six, eight months, getting those guys opportunities. Now with more opportunities and more spots in the lineup with the DH, is this a time really to be able to see what those two in particular can can provide for you guys? Well, O'Neill's been in there pretty much every day. So, you know, he's he's proven what he can do and he's going to continue to get opportunities. You know, obviously it opens up a spot, um, you know, maybe in the DH spot or spot in the field kind of thing. Depends on the matchups, you know. But, um, you know, I think you could get an opportunity for a guy like Austin Dean who had a really good camp to, to get some at-bats. And, of course, Lane's a candidate always to, to play. I will Show say this text to your question about shortstops. Um, Ozzy texted Willie and said he's got a couple innings left in him. Is that, is that so? That's a five-day intake for Ozzy. Then is that how that works? I think if you got a, I mean, I don't know. Red Jacket man might get you less than five. I think you got you know a test in two days and you're ready to roll. So there you go, Cardinals Hall of Famer Ozzy Smith. Sounds like he's ready to get back into action. And according to Mike Schilt, the Red Jacket's going to give him a little bit of a leg up 
in the uh, COVID-19 protocols. Obviously a joke from Schilt there, uh, Cardinals. In fact, you know, talking about the Cardinals and how this situation came to be in the first place, something I'm going to try to write about later for KMOV, but Schilt was pretty passionate talking about if, if guys had been doing something they weren't supposed to do, and that's how COVID-19 impacted the clubhouse, and they were able to trace that back, Schilt would be the first one to raise his hand and say, hey, we messed up and, and we should have done a better job. It's not really the way that Mike Schilt feels. I consider Mike Schilt a person of integrity, and so I don't necessarily think that you can buy into any of the rumors that are that are, that are out there about casinos or anything else because it, it seems like, according to the Cardinals, from what they've found in their contact tracing, it w- it came from just everyday life kind of, you know, as John Mozalak mentioned yesterday, he's gone to the grocery store, he's gotten gas, he's done these things, you know, he'll be the first to tell you. It's possible to get this virus in just kind of mundane, everyday ways. You don't have to be going out to clubs, going out to casinos, going out partying. And that's kind of the way Mike Schilt described it. That's, to their belief, what has happened here. And, you know, they're going to be careful moving forward. They're going to change some protocols. Mike Schultz said you're not going to see players that aren't in the lineup in the dugout. They're going to spread out, be utilizing the stands, the bleachers, the different the things they have set up around the dugout to try to distance each other. Same thing in the bullpen. They're going to be more careful about these things. But kind of fun there to hear from Mike Schilt talking about Ozzie Smith sending a text message to Willie McGee. Cardinals, you need a, a shortstop. Maybe I could fill in for a little while. And it was funny, Schilt later on, you know, talking about, I don't know how far I could bat him down in the lineup, even at, at his current age. But uh, the Wizard, I feel like, could still probably get after it a little bit. Although when I asked him in spring training about if ever he could dunk a basketball, because that was something some people from Twitter were wanting to, to know about Ozzy. He said he used to be able to, but his knees aren't as good as they once were, so he couldn't do that anymore. And so I don't know how, I don't I don't think you'd be seeing him doing the backflip either nowadays, but... Uh, Cardinals legend, no question about it. But getting a little bit more into that sound clip from Mike Schilt talking about the response about Lane Thomas, I thought it was going to be, yeah, Lane Thomas, were, you know, this is a great chance for us to get him in there. And then he instead started talking about Austin Dean. I mean, I, I love Austin Dean, but I, I was kind of surprised at the lack of, you know, fervent support for we're going to get Lane in there, which he did say at the end, you know, Lane's always an option to be in there. I think, though, I figured because you're not calling Carlson up right now, Lane would be more than an option. He would be, now that this opportunity is presented, it would be, we're going to give Lane that chance where he's going to play six out of seven games or, you know, whatever, and, and be able to see what he can bring us. And so that he didn't say that's interesting. I'll be interested to see how his playing time tracks as the Cardinals get started again, which does bring me into the voice message that I was saying I was going to play. So I'm going to do that here uh, for you. It's from Will Sutton. Left me the voice message that, and this was a little over a week ago, still obviously a conversation topic that we're discussing because the Cardinals haven't played in a week. So here's this question from Will as we kind of break down the way the Cardinals outfield looks. Hey, Brennan. Really glad that the podcast is back. I wanted to get your take on the Cardinals outfield carousel. Um, so if any of the starting three outfielders currently, if if they're really struggling, how long before you would give Lane Thomas or Dylan Carlson more opportunities uh, to step in? Um, and how do you think that compares with how Schilt will react? Thanks. 
And again, big thanks to Will for dropping by with the message. You can leave a message for the show if you go to anchor.fm slash bshafer12 slash message. You'll be able to pull up the page with the opportunity to leave a voice message, just like the one we heard from Will right there, and you'll be able to ask your question and then have your voice be heard on the show as well. And so Will is asking the question that I feel like is pretty prominent for a lot of Cardinals fans right now. What's... What do we got to see from this outfield, the starting outfield, which has been Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Dexter Fowler primarily from left to right? What do we got to see from that group go wrong, essentially, in order to say, okay, enough's enough. We've got to give Dylan Carlson a chance. And it's always been about playing time for Carlson. I've argued that because he's not really getting playing time in Springfield, you might as well bring him up. Cardinals don't see it that way, and they're not even jumping on the opportunity to talk about Lane Thomas when I gave him the chance. They're saying, well, we got Austin Dean, and we've got these other guys, which you do, but talking about the way the Cardinals have described their strategy coming in, I'm a little bit surprised we're not seeing more of Lane Thomas already. When the Cardinals were shut down, going back to last Wednesday, Mike Schultz said, after the conclusion of the Minnesota Twins game, the second game they lost on Wednesday, he seemed to indicate that Harrison Bader would still be in the lineup come Friday when they face the Brewers. Now, obviously, they didn't end up facing the Brewers. They didn't play that game, and they haven't played since. But that seemed to be the indication from Schilt back then. Whether anything has changed in the week since, it's hard to say. But that would have seemed like an opportunity to go ahead and go for Lane Thomas, even if you don't want to bring up Dylan Carlson yet. But I think there does have to come that point, and we're going to probably see it within that first week of getting the Cardinals back to consistent everyday game action where you're putting that microscope on the outfield as a group and saying, all right, if Harrison Bader doesn't start hitting, you you got to pivot to Lane Thomas. And then if another person from that group doesn't start hitting or you're also not getting the production from the DH spot at that point, I really think the clamoring for Dylan Carlson could start to pay off because you're going to have to get some offense any way you can get it. If, if the offense continues the way it did in that twin series, it's just not going to fly. And that doesn't really matter where you're getting the offense from positionally, but you don't have Paul DeYoung now. You don't have Yadier Molina now. And so the onus is definitely on the rest of the group to make things happen. I'll get into a little bit more of what I think the lineup could look like Friday when the Cardinals take the field against the Cubs or just going forward, what I think could be kind of a staple standard lineup with the guys they currently have in house. Uh, not going to have time to get into all of that today, but I, I do think the outfield is definitely at that kind of inflection point because, yeah, they've got to get runs. They've got players in Dylan Carlson who's not here that could potentially contribute to that end, and he's not given the opportunity to do so right now. So I definitely think the pressure's on for the guys who are being given that opportunity, whether it's O'Neill, Fowler, Bader, Lane Thomas, or whoever the Cardinals decide to put into that mixture this week. Uh, the pressure is definitely going to be ratcheted up for that group. And so to Will's question, I think I would have a little bit more of a quick trigger than the Cardinals are currently showing because I'd already be in a position where even if I'm not sacrificing Harrison Bader because I do think his defense is valuable, I'm okay putting him in the nine hole for a few more games to see if he does get going because he's giving you quality defense in center field. But he, I'd at least have Lane Thomas in the DH spot on a nearly daily basis. And if he's not in there... That day he happens to be in the lineup giving, you know, Bader a spell for a day or giving Fowler a spell for a day. And the Cardinals don't necessarily yet seem committed to that being their strategy. So I am interested to see how that will play out over the next week.
That, though, is going to do it for this edition of B-Shape Daily. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. As always, it means a lot to me to have you along for the ride. If you like the show but haven't subscribed as of yet, go ahead and do so at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you find your audio podcast. You can probably find B-Shape Daily at those places. And you can give me a follow at B-Shafer12 on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm B-Shafer12, anywhere you're going to want to look. Appreciate you all once again, and we will talk to you tomorrow.